Great. So tonight uh, we are going to be starting a new uh, a focus. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the whole whole life Bible study's purpose and focus is really on um, the revelation of Christ and uh, moving from shadows to realities. Uh, but one of the, 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 there's another topic which needs to come up in it. And a couple of you have asked questions on it already. I know that some of those questions have already been answered in services and things, but uh, I wanted to kind of just go through uh, the topic of finances, money, giving, prosperity, all of that uh, a bit more um, in depth. And so we're going to be uh, digging into that from this evening onwards. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, I believe that I, I did tie up um, a lot of loose ends with regard to baptism and water and with regard to um, uh, communion or bread and cup. And uh, I have had more questions come in, especially on uh, bread and cup or communion, <clears throat> but all of the questions that were asked to me have already been answered. Uh, and so if you still have questions, I encourage you to go back because maybe somewhere along the line you missed it. I haven't heard a new question just yet. <clears throat> so we're going to start off, like I said, looking at uh, a new topic, which is um, just on finances, prosperity, giving. There's many different ways that you can take this as an approach. And yeah, it's uh, probably one of the most controversial and uh, uh, topics that there could be in the Bible. But there's also it's also one of the most um, uh, close to home for a lot of people. In a sense, it's, uh, it pulls heartstrings. And um, uh, it's also a, a, a very abused topic, as many of us would know. And wrong teaching on this topic has really led to much deception uh, uh, and the church in much bondage. A lot of unbelievers don't like Christianity because of uh, abuses that they've seen with regards to finances and teaching on finances. A lot of Christians don't want to go to church because of abuses of finances. Uh, and then there's a lot of people who are just disillusioned because of finances and, and because of the abuses surrounding it. doesn't mean we throw out the baby and the bathwater. It means that they, 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 we've got to correctly uh, uh, um, uh, teach and preach uh, on this topic so that there isn't bondage. Because what did Jesus say? He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So as long as we're holding on to a lie, it's holding us in bondage. As long as we're, we're embracing truth, we're walking in more and more freedom. And I believe that this uh, uh, topic over the next couple of weeks is really going to expose many lies, which uh, many of you might be holding on to still. And, uh, you know, I want to encourage you right in the outset that, you know, um, uh, the, the problem is, is that no matter how hard you believe a lie or how passionate you are about it, it's not going to make it into a truth. You know, it's not going to produce life and freedom. And, uh, you know, with some of the things that I, I, I might say, you might need to dig in a bit deeper and you might need to go and check things out because we've been reinforced in so many different things from so many different angles that uh, it's difficult to kind of let go of some things. You know, and some of the things we're going to look at is prosperity and how to prosper. We're going to look at what is the blessing of Abraham. <clears throat> we're going to look at uh, what does it mean to be blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus and uh, have everything we need for life and for godliness. How, how do we trust God in the area of finances? We're going to look at giving. We're going to look at generosity. We're going to look at tithing, sowing and reaping, a bit of everything and maybe not too in depth on everything, uh, but enough for, for, for us to be able to uh, get some answers and then help you dig deeper. <laughs> okay. You know, if you 
uh, this is one of the, 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 the things that I realized uh, while I was preparing was that, you know, if you struggle with greed, if you struggle with covetousness, uh, then you're not going to like this series. And so if you don't, if you start finding yourself not enjoying this, uh, then rather than simply disregarding it, uh, uh, study it out, dig deeper, search your heart. Don't make it just an intellectual exercise, but make it one of, oh God, is there a reason why I'm so challenged with this? Because I know that some people that I've, I, I've spoken to and presented some of these things to, the reason they don't like it is because they were hoping that there was some kind of uh, um, spiritual key that would make them prosper without them having to work hard. And I mean, I've already given a lot away from the rest of the teachings, but uh, hang around, uh, we'll get into it. And so, you know, my journey on this, I think it's important to um, uh, start off with that is really that, um, you know, I've from the beginning of Grace Life, we've never as a church focused in on the extremes um, that many uh, um, teachers and churches would focus on. You know, we've never been the give to get church. We've never been pushing and pulling for finances and manipulating people. You know, um, I'd be surprised if you've ever been uh, taught that you have to tithe. You know, so so we've really taken a grace approach and everything like this. And so a lot of what I'm going to be sharing isn't uh, necessarily correcting what I've been teaching or what others have been teaching, but it's really just uh, a digging deeper into a revelation that we maybe haven't been presenting so strong. And then there's definitely some new revelation in it. And then there's also a correcting that's uh, that needs to take place either because of what has previously been taught by us, or uh, we've just remained silent on an issue, or we just haven't gone in a direction, and other teachers in the body of Christ have, and so then it may cause a bit of confusion uh, uh, in, in your heart, and that's why we need, we need to address those type of things. So, you know, I've really not uh, uh, focused in on a lot of things with regard to finance, just simply because um, there's so much out there that I disagree with, and it's not the most important topic in the Bible. Uh, uh, although many people would even disagree with me on that, and I believe that reveals their covetousness uh, right up front. Um, the, 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 there's many, you know, eternal salvation is eternal salvation, and you can't take your money with you to heaven. And so that already proves that there's more to Christianity and this life that we should be focusing on than just finances, although finances are very necessary for this life. Okay, so we'll, we'll get into it. Okay, so I'm going to try and post the verses for you in the, the chat section. Um, but, you know, I want to start off just by reading this verse from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. New Living Translation says, When I left for Macedonia, I urged you to stay there in Ephesus and stop those who, whose teaching is contrary to truth. Don't let them waste their time in endless discussions of myths and spiritual pedigrees. These things only lead to meaningless speculations which don't help people live a life of faith in God. So we're wanting to help people to live a life of faith in God. And let me just help you right in the beginning with a foundational truth that's going to help you uh, uh, interpret most things with uh, uh, most teachings, okay? A life of faith in God has nothing to do with you as much as it has got to do with the mission that we're called to. 
Faith is not for, for your needs to be met. Faith is for, for you to accomplish the, the God's vision and mission of reaching the lost and, and discipling the found. It's a, I, I taught a similar thing in, in um, a Rondebosch on Sunday. I, I spoke on, on spiritual warfare. And, uh, you know, it, it was a revelation to me. And I, I was really blessed by it. But the whole purpose of spiritual warfare is the gospel mission. It's not fighting for your job. It's not fighting for your health even. It's not fighting for uh, 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 whatever. It's not fighting people. It's, it, 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 it's the gospel mission that, 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 that uh, is the reason why we need to engage in spiritual warfare. But what Paul's saying here in this verse is really powerful. And it's basically that there, there's only one truth and we need to be presenting that truth. And, and uh, we don't need to go guns blazing and, and just focus on exposing people's lies all the time you know i don't believe that we should have a ministry like that we should focus on the truth but sometimes we do need to kind of correct things or just focus in on things that would naturally expose a lie okay um for, uh, the next verse there is second timothy chapter 1 verse 13 it says hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. So just because you know somebody's preaching from the Bible doesn't mean it's sound doctrine. Just because it's Bible doesn't mean it's healthy doctrine or sound doctrine. We need to obviously rightly divide the word of truth. And I encourage you to take what I'm saying and then go and study it out for yourself and, and rightly divide the word of truth. Okay. A congregation, a, a, a disciple is only ever as healthy as their spiritual food, their teaching. And so it's vitally important that every one of, of us is um, making sure that we're eating a healthy diet. You know, I, I know some businessmen, and, and God bless businessmen, I love businessmen, but some businessmen whose whole focus is proverbs and prosperity and just how to become a, become a successful businessman. Yeah, if that's your whole focus in, in your, 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 your life and your business, then you're failing as a disciple, to put it bluntly. And the reason I say that is because there's much more to life than your business and making money. It's a large part of it, but your relationship with God is not just about your vocation. Your, your, your calling isn't even about your vocation. There's much more that we should be, 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 be praying about and focusing on and learning about, you know, um, yeah, if you're challenged on that, then I would encourage you to go and get some teachings and maybe just go and listen to some teachings on intimacy with God and, and on um, a prayer even or the mission or, or things like that, which you, you don't usually go for because it's not your focal point of your life and focus on something that's going to help you grow in an area which you, you didn't even think of. Anyhow, you know, the, the, there's a lot of unhealthy teaching in the body of Christ. And, and uh, you know, one of the ways to be able to identify unhealthy teaching is um, it, it's popular. <laughs> it, 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 and it's popular because it appeals to the flesh. So, so you know, if, if you're just wanting to listen to something that's appealing to your flesh, and you're just wanting your pastor to teach things that appeal to your flesh and your carnality, then um, it might be a good indication that, that you're seeking an unhealthy diet and, and you're not holding fast to, 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 to biblical doctrine. 
you know, we, we're told to hold fast to, to sound teaching, biblical, which is biblically true, not just true because we want it to be true. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I've um, come across many people um, in this last season, especially who, you know, turn off quickly because they, 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 they only will hear teachings that they want to hear. They don't want to hear teachings that are going to challenge them. And that's a, a sure way to not mature. That's a sure way to, to not be growing in, in Christ is to only allow yourself to listen to things that, that you know and that you 100% agree with. You know, challenge yourself, stretch yourself a bit. You know, I used to, 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 to preach and teach that, uh, um, that the word saved, because it means sozo in the Greek, it means healed, delivered, prospered, made whole. And this was one of the, the areas where I realized, you know, um, if you, do, you can butcher the meaning of a verse just by taking that approach. We can't just say saved means sozo, uh, and which also means healed, delivered, prospered, made whole. And so you can use that, the, those words interchangeably whenever the Bible says saved, because that's what it means. You know, we can't get our definition from even the Greek or Hebrew dictionaries. We have to also get our context from the context. The woman with the, with the issue of blood wasn't sozo in a sense of financially prospered suddenly. You know, I told that to someone uh, 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 a couple months back, and they said, but I bet she could have been if she had believed Jesus for that, but she was only believing for healing. And I, my response to that is just no, no, no response. Uh, uh, you know, let's get real. Let's look at what the Bible's actually saying and not uh, um, try and get creative in, in uh, trying to make it mean what we want it to mean. Okay. When it says that she was saved uh, uh, in a sense of healed, uh, uh, she was healed physically, not, not all of a sudden she had a, you know, a big bank account or something like that. Yeah. The, through the cross, we're not financially prospered. Through what Jesus did for us, I used to believe, you know, that, uh, uh, let me put it like this. I never used to teach tithing to prosper. I never used to teach extreme sowing and reaping in order to get, you know, but I did preach that there's financial prosperity because, uh, uh, for the Christian, because of Jesus, because he became poor so that we can become rich. Therefore, we can be rich by faith. Okay, that's what I, I used to focus on. And that's what I, I used to teach when it comes to things like this. But I've realized that that's a butchering of the Bible and it's grossly incorrect. Okay, you, you can't take that approach if you're being honest. And uh, you, know, you, can, you can just listen to other people's teachings and kind of because you trust them, believe it. But if you look at the Bible plainly, you can't see that. Okay, you know, I remember... Oh, uh, let me just say this again. When, when, we're, when we're looking up Greek and Hebrew definitions, we must look at the context. We can't just choose the definition based on uh, what we're studying up at the moment. Okay. It's good to remind ourselves that you don't need faith to be rich. And I'm talking about money now. You don't need faith to be rich. Okay. And, and, and the problem with a lot of prosperity teaching is that we, we say that through your faith, you can become rich. And so incidentally, what we do is we judge people's faith by their prosperity or their financial wealth, their materialism. And, and that's wrong. Because then 
you know, uh, to put it bluntly, we look at the believers in, in Solari's past, our family there, some of them who are joining us this evening, and we would look at them if we're taking a, a strict prosperity gospel, and we would be saying, what's wrong with their faith? Because they don't believe, they, 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 they don't, they're not prospering. And we would look at believers in Stellenbosch or wherever else, and we'd be like, wow, you know, they must really have faith because they've got money. You can't do that. Now, if, it, if all it takes for financial prosperity is faith and sowing and reaping to be able to, to become prosperous, then why is it that the people teaching that, which incidentally themselves are financially wealthy, why is it that they aren't going to the poorest of the poor areas in the world to teach these things to alleviate poverty? Because they, they always tell us that these principles work everywhere. You know, even if you're living in a village, you can have the nicest mud hut. But then why aren't they going there so that people can have the nicest mud hut? And I can tell you why, because I spoke to one of these teachers and, uh, 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 you know, when, when, when traveling around the world, he'll easily travel to Johannesburg and he'll sometimes come to, um, not to KwaZulu-Natal, where are we, in uh, Cape Town, but he won't go anywhere else in Africa. He's told me he's got many invitations throughout Africa, but he won't go there. Yeah, and he hasn't really said why, but we know why. Because it's difficult to travel there, number one. But number two, you know, he hasn't realized that there actually is money in Africa, uh, 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 but he thinks it's more down south. You know, when, when, when we were in the U.S. during um, COVID lockdown, you know, we really felt God tell us to, to leave the, the comfort of Michigan. <laughs> And uh, uh, where we were being hosted very comfortably, and it was nice, and there was a forest in the backyard and all of this, and we felt to go to New York, okay, the heart of the pandemic. And um, we, we, we stayed in a two-room, small attic apartment with no kitchen, uh, a small bathroom. It was, you know, comfortable enough. Uh, we were all staying in one room, my wife, myself, and the two boys, and um, we made the most of it, and we enjoyed it, okay? The rent was equal to our rent back in South Africa and uh, uh, for a three uh, or two and a half bedroom house. But we trusted God and, you know, things worked out and we were happy. A prosperity friend of mine, uh, I don't know how else to call him, but uh, uh, he asked me, why not believe God for something better? And at first I disagreed because of my carnal comfort <laughs> or my carnal discomfort, should I say. You know, I, I was like, you know what, this is tiring. We could do better than this. Father, we, we need a, a bigger place or whatever. Yeah, but if we, had, if we had stayed anywhere else other than where we did, you know, we wouldn't have met four or five families in the road that we had lived in. We wouldn't have interacted with those families the way that we did while we were there. You know, uh, we wouldn't have been able to minister to them the way that we've ministered. My wife is still in contact with the majority, if not all of them, and ministering to them and encouraging them. We wouldn't have that if we were seeking comfort, but instead we were seeking kingdom. And this is one of the biggest problems with a, a, an a, a unhealthy approach to the prosperity message is it focuses in on uh, comfort and not kingdom. Now, I like being comfortable, praise God, and I know he likes me being comfortable. So I'm thankful for the comforts in life, but I'm not seeking comforts. I'm seeking kingdom. Okay. And I think there's a, there's a big difference in there, which we need to uh, take to heart. 
Yeah, so so this prosperity friend of mine really made me feel not not intentionally, but made me feel like my faith was inferior because I had less material wealth than he did. And in these circles, if you've been in them, you'll agree that that's what happens. Okay, let me say it again. You do not need faith to make money. Okay, this is why I started off with the song, Freedom Looks Good on You, because I believe this is going to set many people free this evening. You don't need faith to make money. The richest people in the world have no faith. And their money is going to perish with them. Your faith cannot be measured by material wealth. So relax. <laughs> faith is much bigger than money. Okay. We should rather be using faith in terms of our relationship with God and our relationship with the world in terms of mission and, and evangelizing and discipling. We shouldn't be so concerned with, with, with money. We should just be, be earning it and making it. Amen. So the gospel, and this is maybe a, 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 a something that you need to maybe just write down and think about and chew on. I've said it and believed it for a long time now, maybe about two years. And, and so it's easy for me to say, but maybe it's a bit of a, a choker for you. But the gospel has nothing to do with finances. The gospel has nothing to do with finances. You know, um, the gospel that we preach is universal. So it applies to everyone in all walks of life and all stages of life, no matter who they are, no matter what they've gone from, no matter what culture, no matter what context. That is very important that you realize that. Because now, for example, with healing, okay, <clears throat> I've got a, a, a series on healing on, on, on SoundCloud that you can go and listen to. And this will make, I, I speak about this a lot there. But if we make the gospel about healing, Okay, the gospel does not provide healing, but it makes a way for healing. Healing has always been there. Okay, now that's a loaded statement. But when we make the gospel about healing, we automatically exclude any healthy unbelievers. Because why do they need Jesus if you've made the gospel about healing? They aren't sick. So there is healing in Jesus. Amen. I believe in, in, in physical healing 100%. But the gospel is about a universal sickness, which is called sin. It's not about sickness as in cancer or COVID or AIDS or whatever the case is. Okay. When we make the gospel about financial prosperity, we automatically exclude a whole bunch of rich unbelievers. Because why does Bill Gates need your Jesus? He's got money, doesn't need any more money. They don't need prosperity. Yeah, there, there are very, very wealthy people in this world who did not use faith to get their money and they don't need any more money. Okay, the gospel is about a more severe poverty. It's a poverty of spirit because of sin. The gospel is about sin and righteousness, salvation, eternity. When we make, now let me just shift this to another gear since it's a, a Grace Life Ministry School primarily. But we, we can't even make the gospel because a lot of people when presenting the gospel, they make it about individual acts of sin. We can't make the gospel about individual acts of sin like lying, stealing, murder, adultery, fornication, drunkenness. We can't, it's not about that. 
Okay, because as soon as we, we make it about individual acts of sin, someone who's living a good life, even though they're self-righteous, you're excluding them from your message. Your sin actions are not the problem. Okay, sin nature is our problem. And th th this is an eternal gospel which deals with this problem for eternity. Financial poverty isn't the issue. It's only temporal. Eternal poverty is the issue. And yes, God is very interested in your here and now before your wheels fall off the cart completely. There is provision for us in this life. Amen. And we will talk about that. And we're going to look at what does the Bible say? How do we get that? How do we enjoy that? Whatever. Yes, you can have money in this life. Yes, God is not offended if you have riches and you can have riches. There's nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't come through faith. Okay, your faith can maybe help in some respects, and we'll look at that, but it's not about faith. Okay, it's got more to do with hard work than you realize. <laughs> and I know the problem with this is, is all of us have got excited that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing and we've got everything we need for life and for godliness. Now I can relax. I don't need to work hard. No, you don't have to work at all for your salvation. But if you want to eat, Paul says you need to work. That's the point. The prosperity gospel has helped to produce a lot of lazy Christians. You go, go read. I'm not going to do this with you now. Uh, I did plan on maybe doing it, but uh, maybe we'll do it another time. But if you go read through Romans, chapter, the whole of Romans, but if you're focusing on Romans chapter five, you'll like I, I tried my best to go through it today, the whole the whole book and see what I could find. But nowhere in Romans do I see any mention of money. And Romans is the book on um, expounding the doctrine of grace, of salvation. So nowhere there is there about money. You know, nowhere in Ephesians does it talk about prospering, prospering through give and get and all of that kind of stuff. Or as uh, Isaac called it the other day, casino gospel. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's not mentioned anyway. If you go look through Romans chapter five, it's beautiful. It talks about the first Adam and the last Adam and how through the first Adam sin entered into the world and how through, through the last Adam, Jesus Christ, we can reign in life. And through the whole thing, it's talking about sin nature and righteous nature and it doesn't mention money once. And yet we've made a big deal of money because we like money. Amen. <laughs> you can do good things with money. So it's not wrong to have money and it's not wrong to want money because the more money you have, the more good things you can do and the more you can look after your family. So money is not evil. Money is not sin. But a lot of teaching from pulpits around the world is actually just plain sin because it's manipulating believers out of money. And they're starting to and they, they have this false hope and expectation that because they're giving now, they're going to be looked after. I have a friend, him and his wife during COVID um both lost their jobs okay and they uh, uh it was a, a shock for them they both lost their jobs now they're stuck at home and what are they going to do okay they've just had a baby it's difficult and um and so I, I i really felt to 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 connect with him during this time so we met up online twice a, a week and i just did bible study with him just encouraged him we prayed together you know, trusted God for a new job and things like that and all of that. So, so, you know, walked with him through this. But one of the things that I felt to tackle and I tackled it with him, I said to him the one day, I said, I really believe, feel like you might be 
um, kind of feeling like, um, how did I say it? I can't even remember. <laughs> um, that, that, that why has this happened to us? Because we were so generous. We were givers. And he agreed that that, that, meant, that that question had popped up for them. You know, and, and that just shows us that most of us are trained in this thing that we will not lack because we're givers. So it's like we've been paying our insurance premium and now uh, uh, you're guaranteed that you'll never have financial problems again. But here they were, financial problems. They were generous. They were generous towards us, generous towards their church. Now they're stuck and they've got us being generous towards them. They've got their church being generous towards them, you know, to help them through this crisis. And I mean, praise God for that. That's awesome. That's the testimony of spiritual family. But the, 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 the big question is, is, okay, God, so why did this all happen then? Because uh, we were givers. We were generous. You know, I thought we were the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You know, and then you kind of want to quote all your, 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 your verses with that. And as I went through some of these things with him, like uh, 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 he started to see what I was, was trying to explain to him, and it really got him to, uh, in, into freedom on this. Where now generosity isn't a, an, a, 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 something that he's doing to try and make sure that he, he, he's covered for tomorrow. You know, one day for a rainy day, he's, he's got his insurance premium. He's going to be okay. You know, but, but instead of that, it's, it, it, the giving should rather than an insurance policy, it should be a, a, a love gift a generous thing from the heart that I want to give because of love, not because I'm expecting anything in return. The prosperity gospel is a counterfeit, counterfeit gospel that seeks to hinder the furtherance of the gospel, the true gospel. Because now, instead of people giving selflessly into the gospel and taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, you've got people who are only giving into to ministries which are, are, are encouraging them to give, manipulating them to give. And then they aren't going with the gospel either because they think they've done their bit because they've paid their dues. Nobody is called just to give into the kingdom. Nobody is called to just give into the kingdom. If, you're, if you believe God's called you to give into the kingdom, then that's awesome. Go for it. But that's not your excuse not to share the gospel. We are all called to share the gospel. We are all called to give into the gospel. No one is exempt from either. Galatians. I don't know if I'm going to get through everything I want to get through, but we'll, we'll try. Galatians. Chapter 3, verse 14 says, Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. So what God promised from the beginning was Holy Spirit through faith, not money. That's the first thing which you need to see there. Okay. But Christ, what I want you to see here as well is Christ brings the blessing of Abraham to the Gentiles. We need to ask ourselves, what is the blessing that the Gentiles didn't have that was brought to them? Because now think about it. Gentiles like Pharaoh, uh, Abimelech, Herod, all of these, these, these guys, 
What did they not have that they needed to have? Because they had plenty money. They had plenty cattle. They had plenty servants. So, so you're much more than Abraham at, at, at times. So the blessing of Abraham could not be riches. So what did Abraham have that the Gentiles did not have? Let's, uh, let's look at that. And the first verse we're going to go to is Galatians, or not Galatians, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. In the New Living Translation, it says, And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Romans chapter 4, verse 8, NIV says, Blessed is the one whose sins the Lord will never count against them. And then uh, uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 5 in the NIV says, How, However, the one who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. Now, so many of us want to read that and just say, to the one who does not work but trusts God, God provides. <laughs> but I mean, if you read it, it doesn't say that. Uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 5 in the modern English version, it says, but to him who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. So here we see justification is an issue, righteousness is the issue, and faith is the issue. Okay, let's look at one more version here. The Good News Translation puts it like this. <clears throat> but those who depend on faith, not on deeds, and who believe in the God who declares the guilty to be innocent, it is this faith that God takes into account in order to put them right with himself. So the blessing that Abraham had, which the Gentiles didn't have, was justification by faith, being made right with God. Okay, It was to be counted righteous without doing anything righteous. The earthly riches like money and cars and houses and whatever else, that's meant for everyone on earth. Okay, that was, that's not just for believers. That's, that's for everybody. You know, if there's gold in the earth, it's available for whoever will take it. It's not just the right of a Christian to go and take it. If you live on earth, you can take it. So you don't have to believe in Christ to be rich. You, 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 rich, the richest people in the world, once again, are not believers, okay? There are rich believers, but if you look at how they became rich, yes, they may have been generous, but their riches came because of good stewardship, because of hard work, uh, 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 or there are preachers which became rich because they were teaching, sowing, and reaping. There was either one, one or two ways that, that they became rich. We must never assume and this is, this is you know, the, the heart of the prosperity message really irritates me because it, it makes poorer people or people who don't have a lot of material wealth, it makes them seem like they are really poor Christians, like bad Christians. But we must never assume that because someone is poor, that they are poor in faith. I've been in many poor areas in the world, and those believers are strong in faith they have more healings than, 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 than wealthier churches. They, 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 they're going with the gospel more than wealthy churches. You know, just because there's wealth doesn't mean it's good. Okay, look at the book of James here. 
difficult pace. James chapter 2, verse uh, 5 to 7 says, my dear friends, pay close or pay attention. God has given uh, a lot of faith to the poor people in this world. He has also promised to share in his kingdom, uh, uh, promised them a share in his kingdom that he will give to everyone who loves him. You mistreat the poor, but isn't it the rich who boss you around and drag you off to, to court? Aren't they the ones who make fun of, of your Lord? Let's read it uh, from another translation here. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, didn't God choose poor people in the world to become rich in faith and to receive the kingdom that he promised to those who love him? Yet you show no respect to poor people. Don't rich people oppress you and drag you into court? They don't curse the name of, uh, don't they curse the good name of Jesus, the name that was uh, used to bless you? Now, uh, 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 I mean, most of the church's problems in a sense of religious freedoms, it's not coming from, from anyone who's poor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, th th that's one of the things that we can take out of this. But we mustn't underestimate those who look to, seem to be poor on the outside because there's a, a, a richness on the inside. Let, let me say it like this. Anything that we can get without Jesus cannot be his reason for coming. Anything that we can get without Christ cannot be his reason for coming. The, the, you know, we, we live in a world where, yes, there's a lot of natural carnal things and we need things and whatever. But the, 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 the thing I'm trying to show you is that the, the spiritual reality is eternal. Yeah, I, I, I like to say it like this. If it can be burned, it shouldn't be something that upsets you. It shouldn't be something that you're seeking. You know, the souls of men are more important than the wallets of men. The, 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 like there's a verse, and maybe we'll have to get into it and debunk it at some point, but there's a verse which says um, uh, that, um, what's it, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Now, I didn't, uh, I'm not prepared to uh, uh, get into too deep on that one, but for years, it's bugged me, that verse. Because most Christians, the way that they take that verse is the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. The, the, the wealth that's in the world and the wicked in the wicked's hands, that belongs to me and I'm going to get it. And those, those Christians aren't thinking about that person's salvation at all. They're not thinking about eternity at all. They're thinking about becoming richer. And that's wrong. We should be rather looking at it that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous in terms of they become righteous and then it's in our camp. Rather look at it like that. So rather keep the main thing, the main thing. Jesus didn't come to earth to take an offering. Jesus came to earth to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus didn't come to earth to, to try and get people to give more. He, he, he came to give his life so that they would receive his life. And be enriched. So we need to take a, 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 a pointer from Jesus there. <laughs> 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 9 to 11. God's word translation. But people who want to get rich 
keep falling into temptation. Doesn't need even, even need explanation. They are trapped by many stupid and harmful desires, which drown them in destruction and ruin. Certainly the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people have set their hearts on getting rich, have wandered away from the Christian faith, and have caused themselves a lot of grief. But you, man of God, must avoid these things. Pursue what God approves of, a godly life, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. There's no mention of money. We should not be pursuing money. We should be pursuing kingdom. We need to make money to live and to give to the kingdom and all of this. We need finances. So I'm not saying stay home and avoid money. But what I am saying is that people who want to get rich, it says they keep falling into temptation because they're trapped by many stupid and harmful desires. Most, most uh, 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 people, when I've, I've been discipling them on finances and things like that, it's amazing. They, uh, they, 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 they're sitting with me when the going's tough. When things are going well, they're not sitting with me. And then all of a sudden the pressure's on and they want to meet up. They want some counsel. And then everything's going well and they no longer want to meet up. And then things are going bad and then they're phoning the pastor. Please pray for me. Please help me. I need some advice. And that, that just reveals exactly where their heart is at. Now, when things are going bad, contact your pastor and ask him to pray with you. But when things are going good, maybe contact your pastor and ask him, how's he doing and what can you pray for him for? <laughs> maybe that's just a spin on things. Look at this verse in the New Living Translation. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by, with, uh, by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And many people craving money have wandered away from, uh, wandered from the true life and, and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Finances, the, Jesus said it in Mark chapter 4, the three destiny distractions are the cares of this world, caring for what the world cares for, deceitfulness of riches, following after money and letting money tell you what's important and the direction that you should go in your life. And then a, a, a lust or a desire for other things, anything other than kingdom and God and God and his word. So money will lead you in the wrong direction if you let it. This is what we have to be alert to as believers and we need to be careful to. Now, you know, this isn't true of just rich people. This is true of poor people too. You might not have money, but money's leading you very nicely. You're making decisions based on the little that you have or the much that you want to have. You're not making decisions based on what God's saying. This whole issue on money is really just about trusting God. This whole issue is really just about looking to Jesus. It's a, it's, it, it, it is a faith issue, but it's not a faith issue to get more. It's a faith issue of, is money your boss? That's what uh, Matthew chapter 6 is getting at. Is money your Lord or is Jesus your Lord? Because you can't serve two masters. You're either going after finances and money, and it's leading you off into to other uh, areas, or you're, you're seeking first the kingdom of God. How do you know if you're seeking first the kingdom of God as a, as a person who's got a, a vocation, a job, 
and is, is, is out there in the, in the world. How do you know? Look at how you spend your time and look at how you spend your money. Yeah, you know, those are two great gauges to see, are you falling into the traps of riches or are you actually living with a kingdom mind and a kingdom heart? You know, the, 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 the saying is, is true. When, when, you're fine, when your, 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 your income increases, don't just increase your, 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 star, your, your standard of living. Now, if your standard of living is low and you need to increase your standard of living, please increase it. But we shouldn't just be seeking to increase our standard of living. We should be seeking to increase our standard of giving and generosity. The scriptures that many of you, the verses that many of you are thinking about right now, what about, you know, Corinthians and what about this? We're going to get into all of that. But let me just say one thing about Corinthians. It's, it's not talking about what you think it's talking about. It's talking more about just generosity because of love. Now, think about this. Paul's writing and he's saying, you know, uh, 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 that he's taking an offering to, to saints which have just gone through a famine. They're going through a disaster. They, they lack. But he's writing to people who have, and he's taking an offering from people who have to give to people who have not. He's not writing to the people who have not and saying, you know what? I don't know why this tragedy happened, but give more and you'll get your way, get out, you'll, you'll give your way out of your problem. You can't give your way out of debt. You can't give your way out of uh, uh, poverty. You've got to work your way out of it. Trust God, yes, but you're going to have to work hard and be wise with how you manage your finances. Your faith is not a, 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 um, an excuse for, for, for poor um, uh, management of finances and stewardship. Yes, trust God, but, you know, don't just, 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 make bad decisions and expect God to pick it up. Yeah, he will, he will, he's always there for us, but you know, a lot of prosperity teaching and approach is just kind of like, uh, um, it, it's a kind of teaching that you would draw. It, it, it's, it's, it's like it's promoting immaturity. Now, what I, I also wanted to get into, but we haven't got into it all, is really just looking at Abraham but I'm not going to even get into that today. <laughs> Let me just look through my notes here. I'm not going to even touch this. We'll keep it for next time. But maybe I've just uh, started introducing the topic and getting into it lightly. <laughs> but uh, maybe if there's somebody who wants to just say one or two things that stood out for you, or if you have a question, feel free to, uh, uh, in the chat section, just send on your question. Yeah, I think the whole thing and issue with the, the area of finances is, is that, yes, it is an important part of um, life. But unfortunately, church, Christianity, many, uh, uh, even well-intending uh, leaders and teachers because they've just going with what they've always believed and they're going with what they've been taught and what they've, you know, studied because of what they've been taught. They're not, they're just um, deceiving people and they're not doing it on purpose. Uh, many of them, I believe, I know of one person who would be, 
uh, uh, none of you would know. But the point is, is like there are people out there who are just in it for the money. But then there are people there who genuinely think that this is, is uh, um, important. But what's more important than salvation? Let me, let me finish off with this, uh, uh, this story, and I have shared it previously. But one of the, the things that I regret the most in ministry was a, a situation at church where um, uh, just before the service, one of the guys in church came and said he's bringing one of his clients. He's a man in his 80s. He's a very wealthy businessman uh, uh, in Stellenbosch, and he's pretty much um, kind of like, you know, he could go at any moment. I don't think he's alive anymore but um that you know he, he brought him to church and I, I had a bit of a dilemma because i was going to teach on financial stewardship <laughs> and i was like standing there before the service lord now what do i do like I, I i um you know do i change my message because there's one guy do i stick to what i should teach because he needs to hear this anyway because it's about how what the purpose of money you know and um yeah, uh, to my, my shame, I stuck to my guns and I taught on financial stewardship and I, I threw the gospel in at the end <laughs> and gave an altar call and oh, he didn't respond at all. Um, and fortunately, uh, uh, this friend of mine organized and I went to his house for coffee and, and got to share the gospel with him properly uh, uh, another day. So I'm thankful for that. But the point is, is like, th this is the thing. Preaching and teaching on money can't save anybody. It can help in terms of for this life, but we're not here for just this life. We're told to preach the gospel. We're told to, to, to preach the gospel, which is the message of, uh, of, of what Jesus has done for us eternally. And eternity is forever, and eternity is what matters. Yes, we need generosity towards the, the body of Christ. Yes, we need to be giving. Yes, we need to be uh, 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 investing into each other and into the kingdom, into the church. But, you know, it's, it's, it's about time that we start, we stop giving in to give to the casino gospel of give to get. And we start rather focusing in on let's go into all the world and reach the unreached and let's make disciples. A lot of these people who are collecting money through give to get are not going into all the world to preach the gospel. They're just very comfortable preaching to Christians. And a lot of you need to reconsider who you partner with. But anyway, I'm, I'm going too strong on the first uh, episode. Uh, Rita says, I believe that stewardship, realizing that you are just a steward, should make you feel responsible when you do increase uh, to not think in terms of self, but the mission. And of course, the Lord is always good to you, but uh, that should uh, not be the first concern. If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Amen. I'll just add to that and say one of the things that has really blessed me, I've always seen that we're just stewards, but in recent years, I've been focused more on the fact that uh, I'm not as much a steward as I am an owner, because if I see myself as I'm not a steward, this isn't God's money, it's my money, it's in my hands, but I'm committing it to the Lord because it's my money. And now I'm going to give what I feel led to give or what I want to give. Uh, 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 it's, it's actually true generosity. Because if you're giving what doesn't belong to you, it's not really generosity. A manager isn't generous with paying you your salary. The boss is the big boss. So, so it's, 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 it, I found it to be a more helpful approach not to see myself as a steward, even though I need to steward healthily. 
it's it's good to see yourself as a steward in some respect, but see yourself as an owner and you might see yourself also uh, uh, um, uh, uh, seeing things a bit different. Lucas says, I like the emphasis on true generosity coming from a pure heart and giving out of love not to reach a huge, a huge uh, harvest. Uh, it's good. Priyank says, people who want to get rich financially keep falling into temptation. Heart should seek kingdom, not dollar bills or rand bills, <laughs> although you're American. Etienne says, wealth or money doesn't equal strong faith. I think that that is so liberating. Because I don't know if, uh, about you guys, but I've mixed in circles with, with, with people who like to teach this kind of stuff. And it's, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable because, you know, uh, people are judging by the clothes you wear, by the car you drive, by the house you live in, by the, the, the size of your church, by the, the do you, does your church have a building or doesn't have a building? I, I, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Um, Sumi says the souls of men are more important than the pockets of men. That's good. Saving souls as greatest wealth, Charmaine says. That's good. And Peter says the greatest gift you can give is your life. Amen. That's why in um, uh, what's it, Romans chapter 12, we're encouraged to, um, in view of God's mercies, offer ourselves a living sacrifice. I mean, even if you just, that, that Romans chapter 12 is not talking about money, but let's, let's pretend it is for a moment. Okay. <clears throat> in view of God's mercy, you should be making your offering. But the prosperity gospel approaches it like this and says, uh, uh, in view of the harvest that you want, the harvest that you desire, make an offering. Whereas the Bible's principle there is in view of God's mercies, his goodness, and, and, and you're just so thankful for who he is and what he's done. Offer yourself, not your money even. You know, if God's got you, he's got your money. It's a heart issue. It's not a, 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 a really a, a money figures issue. Father, I, I just thank you that as uh, everybody continues to meditate on this, that this is going to be something that causes great freedom. It's like just, just open up everyone's eyes to, to see what the word is talking about. As they read through the New Testament, I thank you that... that, 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 that um, We'll see where it talks about finances and how it talks about money and giving and things. And, and we won't just read with preconceived ideas, but we'll read with an open heart and open ears. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're going to reveal things to us in a way that's going to liberate us and cause us to, to just um, step into more freedom. I believe this is even going to cause us to, to, to enter into a greater level of freedom in giving. In, in generosity. For some of you, it's going to be the, you've been big givers, but this is going to be the first time that you're stepping into generosity. For some of you, I believe it's going, you're going to be moving out of giving and, and, and giving big into true generosity. And Father, I just thank you for the fruitfulness that's going to come from this. In Jesus' name.